good morning or good evening wherever you are and welcome to small speculations podcast your one-stop shop for laramie sites of memory i'm lexi and i'm elena and we're here to chat today about uh, native american sites of public memory we are both english majors and we decided to work together because we both have sites of public memory about native american culture all right We took a walk through downtown Laramie in the university campus to look at sites of public memory. We used the idea of walking methodologies, which is an idea implemented in Jennifer Rice and her colleagues' research of unfamiliar places. A walking methodology aims to see and observe space while analyzing how a person feels in their body while observing these spaces. So our identities can affect how we feel in different spaces and can cause a difference in perspective among people. So the way I experience a place of public memory may vary from how Lexi experiences it. Okay, so Lexi, what site of public memory did you choose? So I actually chose a site that's outside of both of our walking tours. It's um, a hallway of photographs in the Native American Education Research and Cultural Center, aka the NAERCC. It's a collection of 27 photos that um, were part of Sarah Wiles' Arapaho Journeys book, which was published in 2011. Um, The NAREcc is um, on Ivinson and 10th, next to the in-construction parking garage, which is, um, it's a beautiful red house with a white porch on the corner um, of Ivinson and 10th. If you try and enter from the port side, you'll be, if you do enter from the port side, porch side, you're greeted by a handwritten chalk welcome sign. And then you enter the door and to the left, there's a wonderfully cozy looking seating area for lounging and socializing. And if you keep going, there's a kitchen and a workroom and a big window that when I ever, whenever I come in, which is around noon, is always bright and sunny. Um, and the hallway ending is a bookcase filled with figures and a random assortment of books. Um, and then to the right is the hallway, both sides of which are lined with black and white photos with um, most of them with plaques towards the end on the south side of the hallway, there are seven photos that have no plaques. Um, But as you walk along, you can take in the various candids and posed shots um, of various Native American Arapaho tribal members. In the afternoon when I'm there, it's always quiet and bright with afternoon light from the, the various windows that line the hallway. Anyone who walks in or is talking is loud. It it feels shocking in a sense when other people are there. It's not really intrusive on the space, but it's, it's. Does it feel like it's supposed to be quiet? Yeah, it feels like it's supposed to be quiet. Um, But you get a sense of of gravity to the photos and the silence. Um, One thing that in the Sarah Wilde book, forward by Frances Marley Hawes. Um, She says, silence among the Arapahoes was a time of reflection and prayer. Power could be obtained by listening and observing the natural world. Power is knowledge. And the Arapahoes understood that through silence, their worldview was made clearer. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. 
yeah I don't know. so the silence of the building kind of makes sense mm -hmm. in if you look at it from an arapaho perspective um but um at the same time as there's gravity there's also a mix of seriousness and fun like there's a photo at the end of the hallway of a kid doing a like come at me bro stance <laughs> it's my favorite photo um in my research, I have learned that many of the elders photographed have passed away, so there's also a sense of sadness when you look at these, because you're, you're looking at something that's gone. Um, but at the same time, you're also looking at um, something that's bright and a reflection of the future. Um, another thing in the foreword that Francis Haas says that I found to be particularly fitting towards the hallway is if you view the photos as looking through a window, you can see the beauty of the people, the love, the joy and laughter, the uniqueness that is not visible when passing the same people on the street. Mm -hmm. So these photos catch a, a sense of uniqueness and reality. Yes, that um, you otherwise wouldn't see. So it catches them in like a moment of time. Yes. Yeah. They're forever. Yep. Um, yeah, and then as you go through, you finally, once you come to the bottom slash end of the hallway, there's a little sign that says that it's Arapaho Journeys by Sarah Wiles. Um, and so that's the physical site itself. But... Um, when we did our research into um, context, Dickinson, Blair, and Ott, in their places of public memory, the rhetoric of museums and memorials, um, really re not reiterate, really iterate that a site is not just the site, but it's the context. So some of the context of this hallway is the building itself and its purpose. So um, I'll talk a little bit about that. It was a res residential home built in 1950 and designed by Wilbur Hitchcock. Ironically, it's in the colonial revival style. Oh, love that. <laughs> um, in 2012, it was, um, sometime prior to 2012, the university bought it, but in 2012, it was dubbed the Honors Red House as a home for the Honors Program. Okay. I just realized I now know where this is. It's like... Down Ivinson on the left, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Awesome. It's basically smack dab in the middle. Yeah, it looks a little bit out of place. Yeah, because it's Probably because just... it's nicer than everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and let's see, it was then established as the NAERCC on, Septem in se on September 29th of 2017. Uh, in an article about the center, it says... The NAERCC will be a living learning community that helps to support the academic achievement and personal success of Native American students while promoting traditional culture. So you get the sense that um, this hallway is more than just a hallway. It's also the building and it's creating and curating that sense of traditional culture while also being a home. Honors program called it a home and mm. it still feels like that, even though 
it's now a home for Native American students instead. So it's like creating a safe space for people to go to. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is why when you go through the hallway, you're also reminded of like a random family ha- hallway of photos. Oh, just, just like, like the photos up the stairwell or something? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just okay. a bunch of family photos in a in a hallway or a stairwell. And it's kind of comforting. All right, so now that I've talked for a while, Alina, what site did you choose? So I chose the Sherman Sage Mural in downtown Laramie. Um, I guess I'll set the stage for it a little bit. Uh, when we went on our walking tour, we walked between Ivinson and Grand on 2nd Street to find Hidden Figures Alleyway. Uh, Hidden Figures Alleyway was created in, 25, in 2015 by a local artist in Laramie. Uh, we just recently went in early February to this alleyway, so there's leftover snow all over the sides. Um, the alleyway was pretty rocky, unfortunately. It seemed like there's some like throw up or something in the alleyway, but it's an alleyway, so what can you expect? Um, there are different heights of concrete all the way down and then also into the space that we entered. Um, and the space where the mural is itself is a big opening probably enough to parallel park a few cars between the new ramen place, Beijo Dua Sushi and Ramen, and then TD Real Estate and H&S Coffee Roasters. Um, it's tucked away, unable to be seen on the main roads. On the north side of the wall, there are murals of the Matthew Shepard Angels, the Black 14, and a mural of women advocating for voting rights. Um, they have been painted over old rickety piping under massive air conditioning units sticking out of windows and then shiny metal drainage systems that outline the buildings. I thought it was really interesting that they actually decided to paint over these instead of, well, I guess it's probably better that the like metal is, wasn't put on after, but I guess it's, it was an odd choice, I guess. And then on the south side of the wall is only one mural, the Sherman Sage mural. Uh, it is on a brick wall, but the mural itself is on cinder blocks in the middle of the brick wall, and it's outlined by the original brick to form an archway. The mural uses black, white, and gray to paint Sherman Sage and the rock that he's sitting on. It looks like an old photograph, which I believe was the intention. Um, yet, this mural is the only one that has a really bright pop of color within Hidden Figures Alley. Uh, there are two bright bluish green plants on the side of Sherman Sage. They kind of look like tumbleweeds, uh, making his mural stand out a little bit, or at least it did to me. Um, although it is placed in Hidden Figures Alleyway, a road not often walked down, I think it's still meant to stand out to those who pass by. Nice. So listening to you talk about it, I was actually uh, struck by the realization that both of our sites are in black and white. And I'm, oh yeah, I didn't realize that either, actually. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> curious as to what that would say if we delved into it, but I think we don't have the time for that, so. Maybe, maybe our next one. Maybe. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right, so I just want to give a little bit of history and background regarding Sherman Sage, because I didn't know who we was until I looked up the uh, Laramie Mural Project, and they shared some details that I didn't know. So Sherman Sage was an Arapaho elder from 1844 to uh, 1943. Uh, He witnessed quite a few social change moments. 
He witnessed the signing of the Fort Laramie Treaty and the surrender of Crazy Horse in South Dakota. He learned and brought the ghost dance back to the Wind River Reservation in the 1880s. Um, he experienced multiple historical events and brought the spiritual movement of the ghost dance back to his tribe, which I think is very significant. It's like keeping traditions alive. Um, and this reminded me of a quote from Asman article, which is, while the moment is embedded in historical time, the monument is embedded in the timeless zone of immortality, which is the product of the construction of fame, which actually also reminds me of yours a little bit. Um, and now that the mural is there, it will forever be a way to remember Sherman Sage's imprint on history, even though it's still in Hidden Figures Alleyway. I feel like it's a, meant to be discovered. Okay, so moving on from the history aspect of this podcast, um, what about your site drew your attention? So I've been interested in Native American and Indigenous studies as a subject for a while. It's something that knowing about um, Native cultures and history feels important, especially if you think about the social responsibility to decolonize your mind. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, Yeah, it's basically trying to see the world in a non-colonial, non-imperialistic light. Okay. Awesome. Kind of. Um, plus, uh, the site drew my attention because I have a class in the building, so I walk by it every day, and every day I'm kind of struck by the photos and the homey personal nature of um, the hallway, while also being uh, a se- like having a sense of strangeness and removal, mm-hmm. um, especially for non-native students who might not know who those people were know the context of the photos yeah um like for me i look at them and i'm just like huh yeah it's interesting (laughs) pause for one of my classmates they might see that and go oh yeah i know i know who that person was yeah so i guess just kind of how we were talking about at the beginning like we all experience sites differently Mm -hmm. and like our backgrounds definitely affected exactly um but uh, another thing about the site in particular towards this project is the um, concept brought up in Public Memory by Roger Aiden, that public memory can be thought of as a communicative process similar to creating a scrapbook. And when I saw this gallery, mini gallery, I guess, um, I was struck by the, the like not official museum quality of it, where it's more communicative than than just feels more relaxed than yeah and then just being told a history you get to see the stories mm-hmm. um and ask people like you get to see their stories and ask questions about who they are and what their culture and lives were like um you kind of ask well what makes them so special to be up on a wall well they're special because they're people and they were important because they lived mm-hmm. um it's a little known building on the edge of campus, but yet these photos exist there and they tell their story. Um, which being on the edge of campus connects to, um, plunging into nothingness, the politics of cultural memory by Alita Asman. 
the article you already mentioned um mm. because they're not just on the edge of campus they're on the edge of society um and Aspen talks a lot about rural female and african-american examples of um marginalized groups shaping their own meaning and creating their own memories um, she says events that are memorized in the format of a monument are compared by Nietzsche, I think, to myth. Both bring the past to life, both create meaning, and exert a normative or motivational power on the present. So these photos do bring the past to life. They do create meaning, and they exert a normative and motivational power on the present. Nice. in a really unique way so yeah I think that's awesome thanks now that I've kind of talked about my reasons why were you drawn to uh, your site uh, well part of the reason the site was interesting to me was because I had been to Hidden Figures Alleyway my freshman year of college back in 2019 um, when the restaurant that the Sherman Sage mural is on was actually the Speed Goat, uh, which has now been replaced by Beijo Dua Sushi and Ramen. Uh, we actually did a similar project for my English 1010 class about artwork, murals, and statues around town. My group back then chose the Black 14 mural, which is the same alleyway. Um, I actually don't remember seeing the, Sher the Sherman Sage mural, even though it was there at the time that I visited it. Uh, this brings up the idea of misremembering, which according to Kendall Phillips' definition is we deceive ourselves by misapplying an image to the imprint left by a past experience. So for me, all I could remember was being focused on finding the Black 14 mural and taking pictures of that rather than actually like stopping and taking the chance to look around at all the other murals around me. So I didn't even notice that it was there. Um, uh, so this time I was able to stand there and analyze it as a place of public memory. Um, in the Blair Dickinson and Ott article, which Lexi mentioned earlier, um, this defines a place of memory as secular oracles for the current moment of a civic culture, offering instructions in public identity and purpose not only through proclamation, parable or proverb, <laughs> I'm saying that one wrong, uh, but even more importantly, by modes of interaction and contact in the place. Uh, through recognizing how this is a site of public memory that includes multiple murals of influential people, events and people, it is easier to understand how a person can be immersed in a space and further understand the value of these events to the history of Laramie itself. Um, this alleyway allows us to reflect on those who pave the way for social change in the Wild West and specifically Laramie. All right, so since we are talking about Native American cultures, it is important for us to also mention that the University of Wyoming is on stolen land. Um, and we would like to take a moment to um, read the University of Wyoming land acknowledgement. It says, we collectively acknowledge that the University of Wyoming occupies the ancestral and traditional lands of the Cheyenne, Arapaho, Crow, and Shoshone indigenous peoples, along with other native tribes, who call the Great Basin and Rocky Mountain region home. We recognize, support, and advocate alongside indigenous individuals and communities who live here now, and with those forcibly removed from their homelands. 
If you want further information, you can visit the Native American Education Research and Cultural Center, Center website, which is um, uwyo.edu slash n-a-e-r-c-c. If you want to read the articles we mentioned and see some of our other resources, please see our show notes. Um, thank you again for joining us at Small Speculations. If you enjoyed this, please don't forget to subscribe and listen to future episodes. Once again, I'm Elena. And I'm Lexi. And we encourage you to open your eyes to the sites of public memory all around you. Thank you.